Um, oh, God, that does smell nice. What are you doing? I've got a tea. Morning, everyone. I've got a tea. Welcome to Coffee Morning. A smoothie and a coffee. And this is what, this is what hurts, Mark. I put cold milk into my espresso. That's just sacred. But I need it fast. I I've, didn't realise that two espressos were in almost every drink. Yeah. Or coffee. You I have to know. ask for a single yeah, if yeah, you're going to the takeaway shop. You asked me to order one the other day. Yeah, so you... Um, so at the moment, what I'm really enjoying is iced coffee. Are you? Yeah. I, I, I sweeten it with some coconut sugar. Yeah. Because it's lower GI, apparently. Morning, Ellery. And then... Um, I put the actual espresso into the ice, into the freezer for a bit, and like till it gets ice cracking, obviously cracking the wow. ice a bit. Then I put an ice cube, and then I put ice cold milk. Wow. Oh my God, it's so good. For those of you who are listening, Nadia's now drinking the said coffee from a red tin. Is it tin or a red metal? I love these metal coffee cups. If anyone knows where we can get these, because we bought these in market. I'd like to, I'd really like to make coffee them. moaning ones. But look at the handle, it's perfect So here. beautiful, look at it. Perfect but anyway, good morning, how are you? If you could have seen what we've already done this morning. Yeah, for those of you who are listening, um, I'm afraid you're missing, on, missing out on the treat that Nadia's is simply wearing a negligee with tassels. <laughs> well, no, I was. Nothing more. When he came down this morning, he went, Jesus Christ, what are you wearing? Oh, thank you, Tina. Hair looks nice. I won't, thank tell you. What, I won't tell you what else he said. Yeah, I've had a, I've had a haircut. Um, Annabelle, yeah, we did a full bikini shoot this morning. Annabella, hello from Muddyford in Christchurch. Fantastic. Oh, I love Muddyford. Yeah. Send it by love. Yeah, very funny. Very funny uh, bikini shoot, actually. Um, yeah, I've got a bit of hot under the collar effort, actually, if I'm honest. Um, something... Da, 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 uh, uh, hi, never joined chat before, but wanted to share something interesting. Tonight at 5.30, the behaviour panel for top... Body language experts are breaking down the Philip Schofield interview. Oh. Mm, that'd be interesting. Where's, where's that, where's that happening? Um, hair looks better shorter. Thanks, funky kids. Thank you, funky kids. Looking sharp. Right. So, it's Thursday. Thirsty Thursday, as I call it. Because on a Thursday, it would be when the alcoholic in me would be going brilliant. The weekend starts tonight. Let's make Friday electric by destroying ourselves tonight. It's funny, isn't it? How, tonight! How, how Thursdays, yeah, it's Thirsty a revving Thursdays. day, isn't it? When I think it's back a wonderful to revving day. Heavy drinking, partying days. Yeah. Thursdays, because you couldn't wait for Friday. So you just sort of think, well, I'll have a few drinks on Thursday, and then that was it. You were off the whole weekend. Absolutely. And then beer fear on Sunday night. Which I would just charge through yet again. So, of course, I'd enter Monday with an enormous hangover. Our chat. Yesterday, uh, I think it was Katie uh, had come to the live in terms of the uh, the increase in cases around eating disorders. It was it's been really meaningful. I think it was really useful for a lot of people. Uh, a sort of slowed down non social media racing through coffee morning chat. And I think, as you said, we should do do a few more of those. And I think across the summer months, it would be really useful actually for us to do a couple of body image chats. Um, I'll do some stuff about alcohol and, and not kind of like preaching stuff, but actually, you know, just talking about the pragma, pragma, pragmatics of going in. Like, I think I, I got a couple of messages from people yesterday talking about how it was a really helpful walk through the process of walking through a door into a meeting and what mm. to expect and how to read a room, even when you walk into a sort of potentially, someone said cliquey room. I thought it was quite a useful, mm. useful chat. Um, Reese Roberts tells us, to, well, you tell us one thing, uh, it's Glastonbury. 
It'll be, it's going to be lovely weather for Glastonbury, and I think everyone who goes to Glastonbury year on year and wades through mud deserves a yeah, good Glastonbury. Right. I think Fleur's there this year, so I hope Fleur has fun. Um, but also, it's the Windrush anniversary. 75 years since HMS or HMT uh, Windrush. So many great photos, aren't there? I know. Well, great. And then you sort of look, you think about it, yeah. and you think this is sort of like a sanct... You know, so many opportunities given, and then so much sort of prejudice experienced. Mm. And... You know, and obviously, the, uh, June 22nd, 1948, HMT Empire Windrush. Windrush, the name of the ship that brought the first uh, sort of Caribbean people, uh, if you like, over to the UK. And of course, this migration occurred between 1948 to 1973. Interesting little lesson in there, I think, possibly, as we face inflation and all the kind of mess that we're in. You know, migration isn't a bad thing. <laughs> Yeah, it really isn't, both culturally, in terms of opportunities for those from poorer regions of the world, and uh, in terms of uh, buttressing an economy that is going down the drain because of Brexit, even though no one will say it's Brexit. So I think we could probably do with a really, really nice big set of open arms for a new Windrush generation who aren't then told to fuck off when yeah. they can't show their paperwork. They're treated decently. So that was what the Windrush scandal was uh, and is still, is the idea that a lot of people, a lot of families came over, a lot, a lot of the younger members of the family didn't obviously didn't have passports or paperwork, and then they instigated a process of quite brutally uh, sort of Brut trying to remove people. And I still send, can't believe that. Yeah, send people back. Do check out the... When was that, actually? The now? Steve McQueen series, isn't it? When was... Um, it was when... Because um, we watched the dra that drama on it, didn't we? That was fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it was instigated quite recently, and it was yeah. Theresa May was involved with it, it all, was wasn't Theresa it? Theresa May, yeah. it was. She, uh, so, yeah. So, and for me, it has a sort of particularly personal aspect to it, because, um, I mean, Labrick Grove and around there was, for whatever reasons, you know, certain regions like, is it Kensal Rise, Kensal Green, uh, became very Irish. Um, you know, so a lot of my friends parents and grandparents and boy do I remember some of the most wonderful wonderful granddads at the local barbers and the domino shit going on and the at carnival I mean you know so many of the people and the characters uh, of my childhood and friends uh, well all of their family members were will have been part of this, this Windrush generation so I think it's a moment to be thought about celebrated and really thought about today as we, I think, sit in a really, really complex moment around migration and how we only talk about it in terms of people coming and taking our jobs when in fact an economy needs as many people as possible to keep it going. But yeah, no, so anyway, thoughts go out. And anyone who's affected, and lots of people are still affected, our thoughts go out to you too. Um, so there you go. Now, the big, the big question, yeah, Call the Midwife, I heard, did, did, did deal with it really well. Uh, so obviously a lot of people went into the NHS, uh, a lot of the Windrush generation went into the NHS and obviously London Transport and stuff like that. Um, are you an Elvis fan, I asked. 56% of you said yes, 44% of you said no. Before we get into this story, are you an Elvis fan? Were you an Elvis fan? Well... I thought he was brilliant. I thought he was a genius, brilliant performer. And I certainly had a period of time where I was had a major crush on him and I watched all his movies. I mean, God, now when I think about Oh, you about watched this, his movies? Oh, God, I did. Because I just thought he was so sexy and so beautiful that mm. um, I didn't notice at all what an utterly wooden actor he was. <laughs> um, yeah, but but not not like a crazy fan. And a, 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 a real admiration for him as a performer. Mm. Um, and then I always had the sense of being very sad for his end, you know, that the, mm. it just seems, you know, the classic, 
you know, stars, demise, you know, the drugs, the, mm. the weight, the, it, it's tragic. I, mm. When I think of El Elvis, I always think of this beautiful man and then this sort of like, this sort of drop off a cliff into this desperately sad human being. Mm. And, I, and that's sort of, that's just my sort of, you know, shady sort of thought when I think of it. Yeah. But, but I don't think much more than that. Really. Oh, right, okay. Well, you see, I... For me, I had him very much in a sort of category of it's a, a, my first girlfriend loved him. I, you know, I've never been a particular fan. I recognise how important it was. Mm, oh, but, he's so but I do think there's an enormous issue felt about reappropriation of black music and all that kind of stuff. Uh, uh, but also, I mean, the film, the recent film starring Austin Butler. I mean, how much was I banging on about that? I, I couldn't have gone in less of a sort of person it was aimed at. You know, I wasn't into yeah. Elvis. I went in and I got what I call the Amy Winehouse experience, where I completely dismissed Amy Winehouse until I saw the documentary and I was just like, flipping hell, this, this is just fucking yeah. remarkable. Don't no judge way. a book by its cover. And so I had the same thing with Elvis. And I thought, Baz Luhrmann's film is sensational and Austin Butler is sensational. I mean, it's a sensationally made film. Um, and yet, and yet, uh, the, the reason we're talking about this, there's a new film, a trailer that we reacted to yesterday called Priscilla, directed by Sofia Coppola. Um, and so, um, um, she was a loose woman once. Sophia Coppola. No, Priscilla Presley. Oh, Priscilla, was she? Yeah, oh, a couple right. of times actually. Oh wow! Um, and so this, but this is based on Priscilla Presley's book Elvis and Me, um, and based upon the tone of just showing Nadia the trailer, based on the tone of it, the feel of it, the music of it, and the one line of commentary, which is, "Aren't there boys? What about the boys at school, Priscilla?" It's clearly focusing in on the age difference, and there's also a series landing on Amazon Prime called Elvis's Women, four-part series, exploring uh, his relationship with women. And as you can probably see from the title, I'm asking a question, or we're well, asking a question. you're not asking a question. This is a question yeah. that is being asked yeah, yeah, around exactly. this documentary. And I wanted to ask you guys, mm. should Elvis have his own hashtag Me Too moment? Discuss. He met Priscilla when she was 14, right? Yes. And it, it's because the people that looked after him were called, they were sort of described as his mafia, weren't Memphis they? Mafia. Memphis Mafia. And um, they would smuggle, I mean, they would, they say, apparently, you know, the, the story is that Elvis wanted a virgin, a young virgin that he could mould into the woman that he wanted. Mm. And that they used to smuggle her into this hotel. And he used to, apparently, he famously used to say, you get 20 for 14, and this is what he used to say all the time, 20, 20 years. years for 14-year-olds. And um, and they would be terrified outside the hotel, knowing that they would all go to prison if, if she was found in there. But also there was, there was just, there were just apparently dozens and dozens and dozens of these very young girls. Now, I've read this article today on the, uh, the documentary. I think, I think 18 of the girls, now women, talk about mm. their experiences. Mm. That's a lot, because mm. that means they have to have been confirmed in some way, don't you? Yes. And that will have all been lawyered, so if yeah, yeah, 18 yeah. Yeah, it won't are be able to talk... Yeah, it won't if, be speculative If yeah. there are 18 that are, that are able to talk, that's a lot. But, the, but I was just reading um, an article with one of them, and it was just interesting, the language. You know, she said she was a very overweight child. See what you think of this. So she was a very overweight child, and her mm. mother wanted to, to lose weight. She was 12. And she also had this obsession with... Um, Elvis. So she said, can I, if I lose weight, will you take me to Graceland? 
And her mum said, yeah, they cut the deal. So at 13, her mum drives her to Graceland, knocks on the door, his beloved mother, apparently he never loved any woman as no, much as he no, loved mother, no. his mother, answered the door. And the mother was very impressed that she'd lost this weight, that she was a young girl and a churchgoer. So she said, come back tomorrow and Elvis will be here. Mm. So they go back the next day. She introduced him to Elvis and Elvis immediately nibbles her ear and sticks his tongue in her and sticks his tongue in her ear. Oh, God. And she said she didn't like it because she was 13. She didn't like it. So I'm re-asking the poll. And sort of pulled away and Elvis said to the mother of this girl, what's wrong with your daughter? Now, all the bits and pieces that I've read so far, you know what comes across to me mm. about him is that he, it's almost like he seems... You know, like Michael Jackson was, and I'm not talking about the sexual thing here now. You know how Michael Jackson was like so naive? naive. He was almost like a child. I mean, what a strange thing to say to the mother of the daughter that you've stuck, just stuck your tongue into their ear. Well, I think, you see, there are so many aspects to this that I think are really complicated. And what I've heard, because I mean, none of us are kind of immune to the idea that the whole groupie thing and that the whole rock and mm. roll thing and the... And, and the sleeping with young girls, rock and roll. I mean, that's that's rock and roll. That's been rock and roll, the image mm. of rock and roll. Mm. It's not a surprise. I, sometimes I worry that, in a sense, Jimmy Savile was very much on the, on, you know, well, he was at the epicentre, actually, of the whole rock and roll movement being broadcast in this country. And sometimes I worry that he's the kind of permissible villain that we all look at and go, oh, it's so bad, nothing could be that bad. And that's not to suggest, I'm not in any way at the moment suggesting that Elvis is, is like Jimmy Savile, but... I think when you start to unpack the age differences, what grooming is and how access to stars, rooms and drinks and nights out, you know, grooming can happen in a night as well as over a period of, of time. It, one gets, it's, it's, it's discomforting. And I think a lot of people end up asking the question, I just saw someone ask it, what were the laws back then? Well, the laws were clear back then. If he had sex with a 14-year-old, 20, 20 years in prison. So they were pretty strict. But, but, but then it goes on, there's lots of, I think the thing is when you have so many people telling similar stories, and of course we can't know exactly no. who's telling you, but you have so many people telling similar stories. And then there's this, and this, this woman, you know, she, they say, you know, very smart, very like witty, very, like, intelligent woman and who's one of the interviewees. And she said, you know, these all-nighters at Elvis's place, you know, she said, we'd all be hanging around. It was like a teenage hangout. And then he would be singing mm. and he would be, you know, and it was like having your own private Elvis concert. And not many of these... I don't think there's many of these women that would have changed it. They loved being around Elvis. They loved the attention. Should you know, it'd get to midnight and he would, like, hire out a whole fun fair and they'd go to... It was so Michael Jackson... Do you think... Yeah. In, in the way that they are describing... I don't know any of this. It's just literally an article I've read this morning. Um, and... But 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 this... But two of them have said... But he wasn't... This is what's so interesting. It wasn't threatening. He wasn't pushy. It was kissing. It was this, it was that... Well, sounds so teenage again. But, you know, think about that. Your mother answers the door to a 14-year-old, 13-year-old and says, come back tomorrow when Elvis is here, you know. So if you've grown up... I think we ...totally yeah. believe it because your mother is like... And, you know, he was obsessed with his mother. Mm. 
we will, I suppose we've all got to see the documentary and then make up our own minds, but it'd be very interesting, won't it, if this is just a way that he was brought up to think that it was totally fine. Mm. Well, but except to use, say, 14 for 20. So, so yeah, no, and that's the thing. is mm. It's all about the extent to which there was an awareness of how wrong things were and, and what boundaries he was breaking and if he was actively breaking it. I think you Put have... Put it this way, if it was my 14-year-old daughter who just had a tongue stuck down her ear when she just said hello and then was all night in Graceland mm. and then at some point... It's going to be. I, I'm going to be. I'm going to be in jail. Do you know what I mean? If I think yeah, of it just that way, it's really simple. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Two things on this that I think make it really complicated. Dawny Harvey says, if that was my daughter, he did that too. He would have needed an ambulance. Um, <laughs> Two things. I mean, I think you're right. I think Elvis seems to... It seems to me that around Elvis, and when you watch Baz Luhrmann's version of Elvis, there was an arrested development thing that went on there. And mm. I think this happens with extraordinary fame. And I don't think we can underestimate the, yeah. the... We're not talking fame like in a multi... We think there's more fame now, but there isn't. It's ubiquitous that people, anyone, almost from anywhere, could potentially get a viral hit of seven million somethings and someone knows you for something. Back then, this was, this was a different era. And I think the film does a really good job of showing you just that era, how remarkable it was. Nanny Dye talked in brilliant detail about how the film really re took her back to that moment of excitement. And you can't underestimate how music was such a sexual awakening within quite a sort of repressive, you know, society. So there's that. And I think that level of fame will have stunted his growth. He'll well, have at quite course, a formative age suddenly been realised he could have anything. Now, now just, just to make this very clear, we are, if this all turns out through, we are not excusing this, but it's just, I think it's really important to always look at the genesis no, no, I'm looking of at something. The context, yeah. And the thing is, when you are, you know, when you become very famous very quickly, so he grew up in a, a very simple childhood, first of all, I think, didn't mm. he? And then you've got people that swoop in and keep you in a bubble and say yes to everything. Mm. Literally, your development is arrested. What's right and wrong? But none, of that, like, none of that justifies it. None of that justifies it. But, but I mean, it, it's an explanation of it, mm. isn't it? How you could, how, because you might say, well, how could somebody do that and not know that that's wrong? Yeah. Well, quite easily. I mean, if you've you, got, if you're surrounded by, yeah. if you've been taken into a world where it's just whatever you want is okay. Mm. I mean, mm. clearly, the, the the Memphis Mafia knew it was wrong, but they're yeah. not going to say it to Elvis. Andrew Crash, this is a new new film has been made about Elvis's marriage to Priscilla, called Priscilla. Uh, there's a new series coming out on Amazon Prime for people who are catching up, uh, which explores his relationship with women and, and homes in on the inappropriateness of the age of the women that he was having relationships with. I, the other thing about all of this that I think is really important to remind us, Nanny Dye says this an awful lot, is that, you know, whether we like it or not, when you go back to that era, everyone was a lot more naive and a lot younger, even in mm. their sort of bad behaviour. People could in have a been doing way. things and not aware that it was wrong in a, at all. In a weird way. What's that Lucy said that quite Lucy Heaney, Priscilla was completely groomed. He told her how to dress and walk and he never touched her once she gave birth. Yeah, that is a story, isn't it? it? Is a story. We hear that a lot. I but the other thing that really that interests from. me about stories like this is how we all pick and choose the people we want to judge or, in a sense, find morally wrong or guilty in these well, it's things. It's very hard, but, but, but I think... so many but people I think, have attached their sort of... But I think that that should be respected as well because I think, you know, people genuinely invest in these stars you know when you people truly love them and they believe what they're told and then you can't mm. people can't just go oh god oh right that's how he was and that's why the why people's responses are often so strong you know mm. i mean there's still mm. people that will just you know would die well, for michael jackson you know okay, but as know? i come back to you if you were to sit i can think of many people that we know that if we were to sit and talk about this they go well that's what it was like back then and that's the end of the conversation 
If we'd said that about Jimmy Savile, you would be sh you would be shot down and thought, oh, that's how it was. About but the him. thing is with Jimmy Savile, why do com do people not say that? Because it had to be so horrific and so extreme, point. and that's what's wrong. So when somebody says, well, how many times were you touched up? And how old were you? Were you 14 or 15? It's always... As human beings, we don't want any of this to be true. Mm. So we're always looking for a way to get out of actually looking at the truth because it's just too horrible. Yeah, and I think it's really, I think, I think that's really interesting. And I think interesting. the thing with Jimmy Savile is nobody could look away because it, 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 he was so prolific. No, no, and also I think in a weird way, the Jimmy Savile case created such a sort of atomic bomb effect within... Mm. I know it's not music, it's TV entertainer and all that, but Top of the Pops, and in Radio 1 DJ, you can't underestimate the influence of his, his involvement with music. He was such a nuke of such awfulness that I, I don't know if you've noticed, there's also, there's almost been no sort of willpower or interest or, or, or compulsion to want to look much beyond that. And then, because I think too many of our idols within the music industry will un end up becoming unpicked, unpeeled and removed. If, if you yes. go, if you drill into it too much, yes. too many people that so many of us have invested so much of our sort of image, coolness, music, youth, memories, yeah. dancing, it's romance. Hard. It's like a grief. If you then have to, yeah, if you then yeah. have to unpick all of that, then, you know, it's kind of like, oh, God, hang on, is it all so wrong? And I think that Jimmy Savile, sometimes I think it's interesting culturally, I don't know, I don't know whether cultural studies lecturers look into this, you take, you take an absolutely clearly evil scumbag who's like a sort of archetypal villain from a movie yeah. and you plonk them centre stage. It's like the John Peel thing, kind of only had to get, it's still hard to get that one to, you know, he was pretty horrendous, it was, you know, and so it obliterates the ability to look at it in other areas. Then there's the question of should we? Is there any merit or benefit to looking at it? Because he's, he's passed away. I mean, I think that's something else, something else to ask. But I but think... Well, let's when... ask that question. Yeah. What? Is there any benefit to it? I mean... I'm going to ask it at the poll. I think we cannot improve the future without looking at the past. I do believe that. And I believe that for victims, it's very important to feel heard and to feel validated. Mm. But I think more often than not, victims are left feeling in these big cases even more put upon because so so many people come out so strongly and say, "Well, they were famous. Well, you liked it. Well, you know, you know all of that." Yeah. Um, I'm going to ask this question and then, and then we'll kind of move on. I mean, I think you know, obviously, as someone, a lot of people are saying he's not here to answer his side of it. And, mm. and can I be clear? No one is making sort of legal accusations. It's not like anyone is sort of, you know, I, I think the vast majority of these women, and what I'm interested in seeing in the documentary is the extent to which they all still possibly hold a sort of light to him. And, I think, and, and, I think and, many of them do. Yeah, I think yeah. there's, there's little regret. Um, but, you know, I always... And illing. There's always a pattern and we should always be forewarned. Yeah. I always go to, how would I feel if it was my... 14-year-old, my 12-year-old, my 15-year-old, my 16 year old. And as soon as you go to that place, your questions are answered. Tim Reed, it's the victims that matter. Exactly. So, so that's if you're looking at it from the victims. But of course, the problem is people will always say, and quite rightly, how does the person defend themselves when mm. they're no longer here, which mm. is also, you know, is also important. Mm. But I think when there's so many people 
It's on Amazon Prime. So it's a four-part yeah. documentary. I, I, I'm really keen on it. Yeah, watching. I think we should watch it and review it. Yeah. Don't... So, uh, so you know, this is just an article that yeah. we've seen this morning about this documentary. So we will go into it further. And there's a clear indication if you watch our reaction to the Priscilla uh, trailer. It's a teaser. It's literally 30 seconds long, but you can just tell tonally from it. That's a movie, though. That's, that's a movie that's coming out. But there's two reasons why this is kind of popping up. Is that I think they're going to be looking at it more clearly from Priscilla's perspective. Well, they're saying that Priscilla's going to be furious with both of them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because yeah. um, She's always maintained she was the only woman in his life. Yes, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, just a quick, uh, um, what was it called when you do admit? There, there is a Members Live happening straight off the back of this. Well, 10 minutes after. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So, well, off the back of this, a Members Live, obviously, we don't want to go into it, but there were reasons we couldn't do it last night. Um, and so, yes, yeah, so if you aren't a member and you want to join, you've got, you've got the chance to win some cards and have a more sort of informal, well, not even more informal, I mean, just a, a further chat with us idiots. So you get a card, so we do a little thing where we ask yeah. questions and then who, and then we sort of scroll around, find somebody that got it right, and then we um, sign up one of our cards, which yeah. our photographs are just like, yeah, don't bother. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, <laughs> sorry about that. Um, and then you also, we also do a show, a big show on a Sunday every Sunday. Mm. So if you want to join the members' lives, fifty pence a week, and you can just do it by joining underneath. But that will be happening ten minutes after this, and the link is available to you as a member in the on the community tab. If you go over to the community tab, the link is there. Um, oh, hang on. What's this, Joy? Priscilla never said that. I've, I've met, met her, her loads, loads of times. She's actually said the opposite. Said what? the opposite of what? Which bit? Know. <laughs> I don't know, don't wish, but we're moving so fast. Oh, not, oh, but when would she was saying, because in this article it says that Priscilla has always maintained that she was the only um, woman in his life. Is that what you're saying? She said the opposite. Mm -hmm. Yeah. As we say, we are just, you know, coming off the back of an article. So if anyone's got any real, if anyone knows her, fantastic. Absolutely. Let us know. Okay. I, as I said, I've met her a number of times on Loose Women. I really, really liked her. And she was very. You know, she was just in the meeting room with us, just having a coffee. Mm. She was very down to earth. Uh, just a, on this poll, is there any merit in challenging people like Elvis from a Me Too perspective? The vast majority of you say yes. Three quarters of you almost say yes. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, it is about patterns of behaviour, isn't it? And for, for victims today. And there were, again, we, you know, without wishing to resurrect the Schofield drama, oh, we just have. Um, it's the power balance thing as well, isn't it? It's looking for signs of it in places. And I think that's where a lot of the frustration is around, around that story too. Um, briefly, because we've got to be on time, um, there's a piece again today, you know, the, the, the adult authority is long gone. This head teacher you, you've read about, Catherine Burble Singh. I've right? listened to her on many interviews. I didn't used to like her. Described at all. as Britain's didn't... toughest head teacher. Well, as you know, we're kind of hippies, yeah, really. Yeah, yeah. Our kids were like homeschooled. Yeah. And... Um, she, she is saying that uh, adult authority has long gone in some schools. What do you think? This is the idea that kids aren't allowed to wear trainers as per the kind of uniform uh, rules, but they are allowed to pin ears to their head and tails to their bottom if they identify as a cat. So, um, you know, I just want to ask you a simple question, really. Has, has adult authority been lost in our schools? This is the head teacher who has totally zero tolerance for anything. And as I say, you know, we, we're kind of hippies. We let, we let, you know, homeschooling kids, like, we're very like, yay, green. I, I just really didn't like her ethos at all. But over the years, I've started to listen more and more to her. And like, she has incredible results at her school. And If I, you're in that system, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's about, I think, just to qualify, I, my thing about education is always about having a choice. 
That's my thing. Every child is different. And I think some kids thrive in a strict, well, structured, she, well, you know, thing discipline. Is she's often worked in, school, in schools with, in really deprived areas. And mm. she said children that are growing into, up in deprived areas are already just at such a disadvantage mm. to wealthier people that to give them these really clear, strict plans to push and push and push them is the only way to get them, to lift them up and out. And she has proven that mm. over the years, over and over again. So, And as we but, become, yeah. But, I mean, she's too extreme for me. But as but we become the laughing stock of the rest of the world, yeah. where, you know, they're looking at us going, why is the only country... I'm getting my little digs in here. Why, why is Britain the only country that inflation isn't going down for? I wonder if it could be anything to do with that B word, Brexit. Yeah, yeah. They're also looking at us and going, why have they got children in classes that will only answer by saying meow? I mean... You take a sort of slightly distanced look on our country. We, we seem a bit what's weird. Going on. Um, so anyway, so on Tuesday, Downing Street told head teachers that they should not be teaching children that identify as cats or other animals. Uh, one of you guys, someone yesterday, suggested that they should, if they identify as an animal, be directed to the local zoo. Um, <laughs> I mean, you know, it's. I, I, I don't. I, I. It's like I said yesterday. It, we need a bit more of this. Don't be so silly, Johnny. We're not animals in the class. Go out, get changed, come back, sit down. You can do whatever you like at half past three. It just needs that. I don't think enough it of that is going needs... on. But what is wrong with saying that? <laughs> this is where I feel like I'm going mad. You know how sometimes... My you get... God, I mean, geez, if there was somebody in my class doing that, I, I know how to terrify a child. Do you? Yeah, you Careful just like... you say that. No, no, you know what I mean. You don't need to hit them. You don't need to shout at them. You don't need to be abusive to them. You just but say you you're disappointed. Up, you pull up your power as an adult and you say, not here, not now, at half past three. And give me any child. I could I could. I, could I totally, I totally agree. Seconds. I don't think it's set. And I do go, go back to this idea that I do begin to think we're getting to a point where we're overindulging everything. If you overindulge to such an extent, I said it yesterday, you will get the crucible. This is... The crucible, the plague gone mad, where pretend visions and pretend realities are being promoted in classrooms because it's funny and they're getting a rise and they're getting recognised. They're being able to change teachers' behaviour. And this isn't blaming teachers because teachers are caught between a rock and a hard place. Culturally, we're in a really tricky situation here. I, I think. think too often, though, like and that's what this I teacher's hear from saying. teachers I know, if a teacher tries to assert the authority... The parents are so quick up to the school oh, having a shout and a match at the yeah, teachers. Yeah. And that's the problem. You've got to have, yeah. you've got to have everybody on the same page because that's just, that's unnerving for a child, isn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely. It's like even as parents, if you disagree, you've got to have, you've got to have the argument yes, somewhere it's else. Everything, yeah. To your kids, you've got, like, he's terrible sometimes. Oh, you know, when they were little, oh, God. I would try and say something and then you'd go, come <laughs> nice daddy. No, um, but yeah. So it's all my fault. No, 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 no. no, no We've no, got no. lovely kids. So. Yeah. But, um, yeah, anyway. Lee Darren, unfortunately, we live in a world where everything that gets said gets taken the wrong way. Maybe we should all be told what we should and shouldn't say. I mean, I just think there has to be a little bit of... Look, for God's sake, put it down and behave yourself. I think we've got to... Though we are in a rush, so I think we've got to talk about the sub... So the submarine. submarine. Um, yeah. yeah, this is the missing Titanic submarine. I, this was a piece that was just absolutely horrifying in its implications. All of our thoughts are going out, obviously, 
um, to the five people. Left. They have, I think, mm. they have something like ten hours left. Mm. But they were talking. There were, I mean, there's enough about this to horrify and make you feel absolutely claustrophobic, stressed, and anxious. We were all talking about it, and it's funny how these things, certain things, really capture the imagination. We talked yesterday about the apparent hypocrisy of we can't. I saw someone else posting about it yesterday. As as migrants are falling into the ocean and drowning and struggling, and and yet you know they take up less and less sort of time, two and hours, so said. much time has gone on. Is has it been two hours? Emphasised on this. But things like, I've forgotten, if they've lost electrical power, it's sub-zero oh, down there. Oh, no, no. If they have panicked, breathed, if they've They'll been be breathing with panic, they'll have potentially ex exhaled so much carbon dioxide, it will work as a sedative. So the ability, so if this banging sound that they're getting is them, they will have meticulously, and I presume the, the guide will have said, we have to breathe calm. I mean, imagine oh my God. making well, these decisions. Well, when Mark decisions. said to me yesterday, they can only knock every half hour. Because well, no, no, no. What they were doing was, if that is them, apparently, I didn't realise, someone said it's a submariner rule yeah. that if you're on a submariner, you go down. I, I couldn't wait half an hour. I wouldn't be able to wait half an hour. Yeah. It's oh, as my deep God. As, it's oh, as my deep God. As it's just It's about horrific. six kilometres, is it, or something down? Um, and so, you know, carbon dioxide will build up, it will work as end. a sedative, and then, of course, they have less capacity to knock, bang, or anything like that. Well, I hope there is a sedative. I hope there's enough of a sedative so they're not having to be conscious for this time. Well, that is the only, that is the only sort of... So you, we're in the 11th hour, and it's, it's like a movie, because they're bringing in, there's this guy who's coming in from France, he's like the expert, he's their last hope. There's still hope. Can they there's get, still can they get hope. Down we there, don't you know, know so. what might be going on. They might be just close, and we just don't know, they can't mm. tell us. There is hope. Right until the end, there is hope. Yeah. There is hope. So guys, yeah, 3,800 metres down. Oh, it's just, just horrendous. Okay, guys, well, look, as I say, in five minutes, we're going to be doing a Members Live. The link is on the community tab. Head over there. Um, have a good day. If you haven't, go and check out Home Time last night. It's more of a get more clusterfuck madness, which is our vlog, uh, trying to put up a cupboard. And of course, just to add to the fray, Dina turns up. You have to watch that vlog. <laughs> I, 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 ended, I went to bed last night and ended up watching something. I couldn't stop laughing. We so are fun. such... Idiots. We need to get in touch with being It's embarrassing. <laughs> it's just terrible. Send us some flat See packs. See you members in a minute.